Welcome to the Terry and Jesse Show. We've got a special show today, and I want to thank you for joining us. Uh, Jess will be back on Monday. Uh, also, uh, I want to remind you on Wednesdays, we have the Church Militant News segment on the last segment, and some of the topics I was going to talk about are on their news, so I'll just hold off on that, but they'll be coming in. Uh, I call today's show, Please Confirm Us in Our Faith, Pope Francis. And it's a charitable way of saying, Pope Francis, please you know, give us our perennial teachings of the church, not ambiguity. So you're going to probably say, Terry, you're being critical. No, I, I'm being truthful. I really am concerned about the faith being passed on clearly and directly. Also, uh, we're going to be getting the gospel. Actually, we're going to take it from the Acts of the Apostles today or for our soul food because it applies to having this world biblical view that the early church had. So let's, let's go ahead and get some soul food right away. It's the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 12, verse 24. And it says, The word of God continued to spread and grow. I'll just say that right there. That's what we need. We need to be the first century Christians. The word of God continued to spread and grow. Are we doing that? Okay, after Barabbas and Saul completed their relief mission, they returned to Jerusalem, taking with them John, who is called Mark. Now there was in the church of Antioch prophets and teachers, Barnabas, uh, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manion, who was a close friend of Herod the Treacherate, and Saul. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barabbas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then completing their fasting and prayer, they laid hands on them and sent them off. So they sent forth by the Holy Spirit, went down to Cilicia, and from another sailed to Cyprus. When they arrived in Salamis, they proclaimed the word of God in the Jewish synagogues. The, gospel, the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Do you notice how the reading started saying the word of God continued to spread and grow? And the end of the reading, it says... And they proclaim the word of God in the Jewish synagogue. That's a signal for us, 21 centuries later, that we need to be a, a biblical church. We need to be going back and calling people to a biblical worldview, whether it's on homosexuality, same-sex um, attraction issues. What does the Bible have to say about these things? And it could be even on divorce. The Bible is very clear, and I think that... Um, if we could become, again, a first-century Christian church, I think the world would convert more to Christianity rather than compromising. I see that we, you oh, know, I'm going to work on psychology. or you got to be nice to these evil people and not try and condemn them because, you know, they're not going to want to hear it. Well, I'm not saying you condemn them, but you show them the truth of the gospel, a biblical worldview, and that's what I'm hoping to do here. All right, let's bring the smartest guy into the room, Archbishop Fulton J. Full sheen ahead. This is a quote, a lengthy quote, but see if it relates to you and to me. It sure does for me. Bishop Sheen says, It's a characteristic of any decaying civilization that the great masses of people are unaware of the tragedy. Okay, do you think a good portion of the people right now are unaware that the culture is collapsing and that 
um, the civilization is killing the future citizens of our culture as an issue? No, many of them don't care. Or he says this, think about this. Humanity in a crisis generally is insensitive to the gravity of the times in which it lives. Well, I think his point is well taken. Are we distracted by the ball games? Are we distracted by entertainment to not want to think about what's really important, saving of our souls? Yeah, that's humanity. Nothing's changed. Here's another paragraph. Men do not want to believe their own times are wicked, partly because they have no standard outside of themselves by which to measure their times. If there is no fixed concept of justice, how shall man know it is violated? We're living in a time that says, I'm actually seven feet tall. And people in our culture are going to say, well, if you said it, it must be because there's no objective truth, but I'm five foot four. So what? Reality isn't what, you know, it's what it, the culture we're in has no concept of reality. It's a concept of make-believe. They see so much that's artificial in life. They think, I'm never going to have to account for this. What a foolish way to live. In the last paragraph, Fulton Sheen says, only those who live by faith really know what is happening in the world. The great masses without faith they're unconscious of the destructive processes going on because they have lost the vision of the heights from which they have fallen. I'm telling you, the quotes from Fulton Sheen are so spot on in our culture that I can't say enough. Just read Bishop Sheen's material. I tell people we're giving out Bishop Sheen's priest retreat called Called and Chosen later this month. You can do it even now by going to our, our website, vmpr.org. But I'm going to be speaking to 20,000 Catholics with Father Don Calloway at a football stadium. I said, what can I do to help them? I think Bishop Sheen's the answer. Give the priest retreat that they can listen to, and then they can give it to their parish priest, and it should change priests' lives. I know it has in the 43 years that I've been involved with promoting Bishop Sheen's material. I really, truly believe his material, especially for priests, can change of priest's life, especially when it comes to the daily holy hour. So there you go. All right, I just want to give uh, something out here that uh, for there you actually say good to know file. Um, Musk, Ellen, uh, Ellen Musk, Elton Musk, he tweeted that uh, Japan doomed by low birth rates. It's provoking anger, but not just at him. And so he's saying that Japan will eventually cease to exist if they don't have more babies. Well, it's good to know because the population of Japan peaked at 2008. Now, they were the first country to have low, they just haven't been having babies, and it's coming back now to uh, show the birth rate is so low. So why do I bring this up? Well, it's good to know that Germany's right behind them. Europe is right behind them. We can't, and, and it's tied into abortion. We're killing the future citizens Therefore, selfishly living a life that says, who cares about the next generation? I'm going to live another 40, 50 years. See, that's the kind of attitude the world has. But the gospel, the, the world biblical view says, no, be fruitful and multiply. See, they don't realize that. Also, good to know, file. As you know, I really thought uh, last, the last president we had, Mr. Trump, was terrific in a lot of areas, especially for the pro-life efforts. 
But I mean, he's not perfect. He's not a. He's not Jesus Christ. But I want people to know Trump should have backed a pro-life Kathy Barnett instead of the rhino Dr. Oz in the Pennsylvania Senate race. Yes, I said it. Trump was wrong on that. See, he's not perfect. But when you vote, you got to vote who's going to move the football forward to a first down. And if I have Trump against Biden, I mean, are the Democratic Party versus the Republican Party? I got to go with the pro-life party. Now, they don't consistently do that. But they, they, you have to, like I said, look at it as when you vote as a, as a playing a football game, who's going to move the football closer to your Christian ideals? There's no perfect candidate. So I just bring that up uh, to show that we need to do that. One other thing that I thought was just fascinating and sad comes back to abortion, I believe, in the animal kingdom here in America. One in three people will choose their pet over their house or even their spouse. Is that some is this microphone on? Can you imagine people love their dog or their cat more than their husband or wife or even staying in their home? This is where what's happened is we've gotten to a point where we forgot the meaning and purpose of life. So things will take place as our God, whether it's our animal, our 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 home or you know sports we worship something that we love, and this is we're really mixed up right now. Also, I wanted to bring this up. Our good friend uh, Cardinal Zen was arrested for allegedly concluding with the foreign forces in Hong Kong. I knew this was going to happen to him, and he knew it, and um, I think he's willing to be a martyr for the faith. So it's nice when a <clears throat> cardinal stands up to a thug, which is the communism, and says, you know what, I'm going to, Stand up for the right thing, and I'll do it, and I'll take it on the chin. Uh, also, I wanted to just update you. Maybe um, this is interesting, too, that Elon Musk, he's in the news a lot now because of Twitter. He's re- going to reinstate Trump on Twitter. says permanent BAM is morally wrong and foolish. He said it was a mistake because it alienated a large part of the country. What he meant by that is um, Trump's positions might not be what you know you want, and that's fine, but we kind of have an exchange on social media rather than like for us, we got kicked off of YouTube because, you know, we talked, uh, we taught the sixth and ninth commandment as being morally unacceptable. And that was something that YouTube said, we can't have you do. So when you speak the truth in charity, and I hope we're going to do that when we come back from the break about our, our Pope, Pope Francis, who's. Uh, really had an operation just recently on his knee. We need to pray for his recovery in the sense that to recover us, recover to teach us and to govern and to sanctify and to confirm us in our faith. I'm going to speak about that when we come back. So put your seatbelts on. I'm going to be Joe Sixpack saying, Holy Father, please, please, please confirm us in our faith. And I'm going to hit three areas of issues that I have that I consider not confirming us in our faith. Stay with us, family, with the Terry and Jesse Show on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. I want to talk, I want to make sure I get the U.S. bishops proclaiming a day of fasting and prayer on May 13th to end abortion. Good job, guys. 
That's called a biblical worldview. And I want to give you what these intentions are later in the show. But what I want to do right now is in, in charity, because for years we've been praying for Pope Francis. We pay, prayed for Benedict XVI. We prayed for John Paul II and all the popes of our lifetime, because that's what Catholics do. And on Thursday nights here at our chapel that you can see behind me, Sacred Heart Chapel, on Thursdays we pray holy hours for the Pope as a way of commemorating the priesthood on Holy Thursday, the Eucharist. And, um, you know, so when I, what I'm going to say is someone who's actually praying for the Pope to confirm us in our faith. But here's my concern. Pope Francis, again, he praises a notorious abortionist, Emma Bognino, as she's, he said, I have great respect for her. <clears throat> Francis met with this Italian woman, repeatedly expect, ex, expressed admiration for her since uh, uh, sending to the papacy in 2013. And I just had to scratch my head saying, you know, I don't get all this because this is a woman. Uh, she founded Information Center of Sterilization and Abortion back in 1975, which she she lobbied to promote abortion in Italy. <clears throat> she was instrumental in getting abortion legalized in 1978. I mean, to me, this is evil, right? Killing unborn babies. It's And she was the one who was promoting it. She actually uh, is known for doing over 10,000 abortions, you know, even some in her own apartment illegally, thinking that she was helping women with their problem of having babies. Now, uh, she's a career politician, and I might say, you know, we've talked about her previously, highlighting her history of working against the family, uh, you know, and um, so it's not like we haven't done this before, but there's a deacon, a Catholic deacon in the UK, and he nailed it. He said, he said, I'm sorry, but I want to criticize the Holy Father for praising her, this uh, lady who's killing unborn babies and promoting abortion. Um, Pope Francis is, is expressing respect for her. But, you know, like he said, he, she's involved in 10,000 illegal abortions. And um, it, it seems that the Holy Father is ignoring that because she does other good things. And what I want to say <clears throat> is Adolf Hitler had a great respect for his canary bird. And he treated birds generally really nice. And when his bird died, he cried because, you know, he thought it was horrible. But Hitler was a menace. He was killing, uh, you know, people uh, in his own country. He was an evil man. So I, I can't say Hitler was a good guy because he treated birds okay. And this is the same analogy I use with the Holy Father that, you know, you're giving the impression that this woman is someone that we should respect. Well, I don't respect Hitler. I don't respect anybody who kills unborn babies, even if they decided to figure out how to cure cancer, okay? Because when you kill innocent life, we can never, ever say that that's a good person. I respect you for that, for your life. No. And again... Some months later, in 2016, Pope Francis received her in a private audience as the capacity of the Minister of Foreign Affairs. And according to the Holy See office at the time, the meeting was, you know, on other things about immigration. And um, that's fine. You know, I understand that. But they allowed her to speak in a Catholic church 
in northern Italy following her praises from the Pope Francis. And here's the kicker. While pro-life advocates were ejected from the church due to their protests at her presence. See, it's obvious that we have a difference of agreement here. But again, what's the world biblical view? Well, we have to try to educate and convert sinners. This woman is committing heinous crimes in promoting the killing of innocent life. Uh, a biblical worldview will say, I love you enough to tell you the truth. What you're doing is wrong. It's, it's evil. And if you continue to do that at your exit interview, it won't go well for you because uh, the, you're breaking the basic commandments of God by killing innocent life. That would be the charitable thing to do. And I don't get when Pope Francis acknowledges, you know, say that, yeah, we, and this is something Pope Francis praised her in 2016, but he, he described the notorious abortion advocate as one of the nation's forgotten greats, comparing her with other great historical figures. Holy Father, I'm sorry. This is undermining the faith of people. Why would we want to be pro-life if we, if we can say that people who kill babies in abortion are good people? You get it? Now, some months later, in November of 2019, and, and, and Pope Francis said, I acknowledge her different views. He said, true, but never mind. And this is the point that Pope Francis, I'm, I'm praying for you that you won't have this attitude because this attitude undermines the gospel. He says, we have to look at people at what they do. So if you're looking at this woman on what they do, and they kill unborn babies, how can she be someone who you have great respect for? I just, a question I ask. I'm never going to be in front of Pope Francis, but if I was in front of him, I'd ask him, we have to look at people, what they do. Well, this person kills innocent life. If these people were killing, uh, let's say, people who were coming from another land, and uh, they were wanting to move into another country, and they just decided to shoot these people, would you have respect for that kind of immigration policy? I don't think so. Why are you not standing up for life? You say you do, but Holy Father, please, you're giving the impression that someone can be great as a person in killing unborn babies. Now, in 2017, she spoke in the Catholic Church, which is crazy, yet the history of Pope Francis and her goes back, way back. And even... After only two months of ascending to the papacy, he had her come in. And I just want to ask the Holy Father and pray that he won't do this because what it's doing is it's undermining the faith. And canon law, and this is what we all are required to follow, the Pope, bishops, priests, lay people like me, we do everything for the salvation of souls. What are we doing for this woman, this Italian woman, whose soul has killed her by herself 10,000 pre-born ba you know, babies from abortion and, and is promoting to get it legalized in the country of Italy. So millions of babies she's responsible for being killed. What are we doing for her soul? Are we just going to say, well, I mean, she's a nice lady because she, like Hitler, she likes birds and she's helping the immigrants come into the country? I get that. But that's all I wanted to bring. And now I have my second point for Pope Francis today. And it's not my, it's like I say, Pope Francis, please confirm us in our faith. Don't undermine us in our faith. 
Number two, Pope Francis addressed the LGBT Catholics via Father James Martin. A select church is a sect. Now, this is an open letter that Father James Martin decreed what was described as the church's rejection of the LGBT Catholics. Check this out. The letter was announced just May 8th and published on May 9th. And it was written in a publication that Father Martin has called Outreach to the LGBTQ Catholic resource he recently set up. Martin noted that he himself written to Pope Francis on May 5th. Can you imagine getting a response that quick? <laughs> What's he got? Does he have connections? Okay, on May 5th, he asked if he would be willing to respond to a few of the most common questions I'm asked by the LGBT Catholics and their families. Fantastic. What are the three questions? And what did he say? He said, well, he said, in, in response to the first question, what would you say is the most important thing for LGBT people to know about God? Francis wrote that God is Father, and he does not disown any of his children. That's absolutely true. Not sure if that is what they need to hear, uh, but okay, what about next one? Um, Martin also inquired about uh, the pontiff's desire that LGBT people should know about the church to which Francis responded briefly. I would like them to read the book of the Acts of the Apostles. Great idea that they will find the image of the living church. And again, uh, great. The most striking part of Francis's short letter, though, came in his answer to the third question, which asked the Pope, what would he say to a LGBT Catholic who experienced the rejection from the church? Put your seatbelt on. Here's what the Holy Father said. I would have them recognize it's not the rejection of the church, but instead of people in the church, the church is a mother and calls together all her children. Take, for example, the parable of the invite to the feast, the just, the sinners, the rich, and the poor, etc. A select church, one of pure blood, is not the Holy Mother Church, but rather a sect. I kind of interpret that as saying, if you tell them the truth, you're a sect. I, I get that. Pope Francis's letter to Martin, who wrote in the name of the outreach, is particularly significant given that pro-LGB groups only officially launched May 1st, just days before the Francis reply to Martin. Now, Pope Francis has recently undergone some medical procedures for his knee, so we need to pray for him. But here's the point that really concerns me, because I want to be perennial teachings of the church. What's the catechism say? Francis referred to rejection as not being that of the church. Catholic doctrine on homosexuality conveys a different message. The Catechism of the Catholic Church, paragraph 2357, teaches that, are you ready? Homosexual acts are intrinsically disordered. They are contrary to the natural law. They close the sexual act to the gift of life. They do not proceed from a genuine, effective, and sexual complementary. Under no circumstances can they be approved. I think that's our company policy. That's what the church teaches. Now, any such concept of rejection from the church in the area of homosexuality lies in the inheritance to the natural law, which finds such homosexual acts to be and ready. Holy Father, the church teaches it's intrinsically disordered. Give them the truth. That's what sets them free. The catechism notes that such that those suffering from homosexual tendencies 
must be accepted with respect, compassion, and sensitivity, but that such people are nevertheless called to chastity. See, that's what I give people who come to me with same-sex attraction. I'm called to chastity as a married man. A single guy is. This is what we need to be telling these people the truth. By virtue of self-mastery, they teach them the inner freedom and at times by the support of dis- disinterested friendship, by prayer and sacramental grace, they can and should gradually resultly reproach Christian perfection. This is what the church teaches, Holy Father, and I would just like to say more when we come back on this issue because Father Martin isn't doing it and he seems to be getting blessed by the Holy Father in different areas, which makes no sense to Joe Sixpack. That's me! You're listening to the Terry and Jesse Show on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Charity and clarity, even when we talk about the vigor of Christ, who's the successor of Peter, who's supposed to confirm us in our faith. Stay with us, family. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. I hope you understand that we pray for Pope Francis every day in our rosary to confirm us in our faith. But when he says things that are ambiguous or even uh, just not consistent with the perennial teachings of the church, I use the analogy of a father. If you grew up with a father that wasn't holding the line on different issues in the household, um, you know, we had to question dad and say, dad, dad, that's not your, you're not doing your duty there, dad. I'm, you know, you, you should be correcting him. And uh, as a spiritual father, I see the Holy Father not confirming me in many areas of the faith, especially when it comes to the LGBT Catholics. And as I was mentioning before the break, that um, Father Martin is kind of a poster child for the LGBT in the Catholic Church. The uh, problem is, he has done so many blasphemous things with uh, homoerotic works, showing Christ as a homosexual, promoting same-sex civil unions, and describing viewing God as male is damaging. And he says he, we need to change the catechism verses that I just referred to earlier. See, Pope Francis met with Martin privately, if you remember back in September of 2019, and it was their third meeting. But here's the kicker that really just makes me like scratch my head because the pontiff's support for Martin's work promoting LGBT ideology in the name of Catholicism in April of 2017, scratch my head, Pope Francis appointed Father Martin as one of the 13 counselors who advised the Vatican Dissery for communications and the Vatican invited him to speak at the 2018 World Meeting of Families in Dublin on exploring how parishes can support those families with members who identify as LGBTI. Um, Holy Father, again, what's the message we're getting? The message is not that the church teaches that we need to call these people to fidelity to the gospel. It seems to me that we're placating them. We're giving them an opportunity to say, you don't need to change. We like you just the way you are. But that's not a biblical worldview. Now, since March of 2021, Pope Francis has made numerous public statements praising and supporting advocates 
of the LGBT ideology and same-sex civil unions. He has notably made a number of statements supporting this crazy nun, Sister Janine Gemmerich, who had previously been condemned by uh, the church and bishops here in America. Uh, it's called New Ways Ministry. John Paul II condemned it. See, we're looking for consistency, and we're not getting it from the Holy Father. And I just want to ask you to continue to priest, pray for him, because he's he's got his ailments. He's got his bad knee. Can't walk. He had to cancel his trip to Lebanon to um, Beirut uh, because of his health issues. And I just want to see what we have always seen in the vigor of Christ to confirm us in our faith. And I didn't see it there. So please pray for him. My third topic of the Holy Father is a document that says, Pope Francis, it's not possible, he says, to worship God while making the liturgy a battleground. Well, uh, what's that all about? Well, uh, Pope Francis, he meets with the Liturgical Institute on the 7th of May, and he said Saturday that the liturgy should not be a battleground for outdated issues. What does he mean by outdated? I emphasize again, he said, the liturgical life and the study of it should lead greater church unity, not division. When the liturgical life is a bit like a banner of division, there is the stench of the devil in there, the deceiver. Pope Francis said at his Vatican on April 7th, he says, it's not possible to worship God while making the liturgy a battleground for issues that are not essential, indeed outdated issues, and it takes sides starting with the liturgy, with the ideologies that divide the church. And he spoke at this audience at the Pontifical Liturgical Institute in the Apostolic Palace. The Pope said that he believes that every reform creates resistance. Well, Pope Francis recalled reforms made when he was a child by Pope Pius XII, you know, when he said that when the Holy Father reduced the fasting requirements before receiving Holy Communion and reintroduced the Easter Vigil. All of these things scandalize closed-minded people. It happens also today, he said. Indeed, such closed-minded people use liturgical frameworks to defend their views, using the liturgy. This is the drama we are experiencing in ecclesial groups that are distancing the Pope, and he spoke to these people about it. Here's what I would say, Holy Father. You, back in July 16th of last year, wanted to take away people's idea that the Trinitine Mass, we call it the Extraordinary Form, would be limited. <clears throat> you know, that is talking about undermining the unity of the church. We have 22 rites in the Catholic Church. We have the Anglican Ordinariate rite that I go to. I have a Melkite rite here. If, uh, if we all had one flavor in the liturgy, these rites, then all these rites would disappear. But Holy Mother, the church has seen it when John Paul II said, there's two lungs of the church, east and west, and we need both. And so... Uh, it bothers me as a person who goes to the extraordinary form, the ordinary form, the Melkite, the Anglican Ordinariate. I don't have a problem with any of them, okay? I really don't. It's an expression of the liturgy. It's, it's Calvary. We're present at Calvary, every one of those. Now, certain people are attached to something like extraordinary form that's been around for a thousand years or more. And 
Uh, they are fervent in their faith. The saints, it's, a, it's the liturgy that many of the saints went to, and there's much re- reverence um, and beauty. It seems to me, and I'm just, from my perspective, that what you're condemning is what you have encouraged, the battleground, by taking away these rights of Catholics to have the extraordinary form of the Mass. Now, again, I'm not, uh, again, canon law says, the last canon, everything's for the salvation of souls. If somebody is being blessed by the extraordinary form of the Mass, and they are fervent in the faith, which has been going on for a thousand some years, why in the world would we want to take that away and say, you have to do it our way? I mean, it's kind of like in the Catholic Church, we have spiritualities. We have the Franciscans. We have the Jesuits. We have the Dominicans. But the church is big. It has room for them all, the religious orders. Why isn't it that way with the liturgy? That's a question I have for the Holy Father. And again, to confirm us in our faith, it seems to me that we should allow these expressions of the liturgy, whether it's the Anglican Ordinariate Mass, uh, we have the Extraordinary Form Mass, we have the Ordinary Form, but to try and put everybody in one a shoe, one shoe fits all, seems to me, um, is, is not confirming us in our faith. All right, so let's pray for the Holy Father right on the air. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. I'd like to add something about the U.S. bishops. I just did a show with Bishop Strickland. I do it every Tuesday. And um, he's saying that we need to do more for protecting the unborn. And the U.S. bishops proclaimed a day of fasting and prayer on May 13th. That's this uh, Friday to end abortion. And I love what they did. I just, you know, when I see, see this is confirming me in my faith. Okay. But to, uh, to do what the Holy Father did and say these abortionists are, you know, I respect them. I have no respect for people killing unborn babies. Zero. Now, this is what they said. They said, in the midst of this current tension, Archbishop Gomez, president of the U.S. bishops, and Archbishop Laurie, who's the chairman of the USCCB Committee on Pro-Life Activities, has encouraged the faithful to participate in this prayer and fasting. And here's what he said. Number one, for our nation, for the integrity of judicial system. Great. And that all branches of government be dedicated to seeking the common good and protecting the dignity and the rights of human person from conception to natural death. Bishops, right on. You're confirming me in my faith. Thank you. Bullet number two, for the overture overturning of Roe versus Wade and Planned Parenthood versus Casey in the Supreme Court's final decision in the Dobbs versus Jackson case. Can you make it any clearer, bishops? No, you confirm me in my faith. Check mark. Number three, for the conversion of the hearts and minds of those who advocate for abortion. Holy Father, the bishops, your brother bishops, are encouraging you to have that lady in in um, in Italy who's killed over ten thousand babies herself and got abortion to be approved, to pray for her conversion. 
And I think part of praying a person's conversion is getting them convicted that what they did was wrong. The next bullet point. For a new commitment to building an America where children are welcomed, cherished, and cared for, where mothers and fathers are encouraged and strengthened, where marriage and family are recognized and supported as the true foundations of a healthy and flourishing society. Wow, that's what St. John Paul II said in his letter to the families. The way the family goes is the way the culture goes. And then I love the last bullet from the bishops. For our blessed mother's intercession and guidance as the church continues to walk with mothers and families in need and continue to promote alternatives to abortion and seeks to create a culture of life. Bishops, American bishops, I, my hat is off to you because you are confirming us in our faith regarding this issue of killing unborn babies and calling us to a biblical worldview by fasting and prayer. That's what we do here at Virgin Most Powerful. We hope to confirm you in your faith. Hey, up next, our good friends at Church Militant will be here to talk about the upcoming news later in the day and much, much more here on the Terry and Jesse show is where I say I'm too blessed to be stressed. I'm too anointed to be disappointed. And if hope was money, hey, I'd be a billionaire. Stay with us, family. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Welcome back. Is right. Jesse will be back on Monday. I have the church militant section. James Fudua, welcome to the Terry and Jesse show, brother. Terry, thanks for having me on. I love seeing young men on fire for the Catholic faith. And I've seen, I don't think I've met you, but uh, I know I've seen you on the news. And I go, man, it's so good to see young men standing yes. up for Jesus. Hey, brother. Absolutely. I, every Wednesday we have this segment on. We want to promote the church militant news update to keep people informed on what's going on in the church, to pray for Holy Mother of the Church. So I'd like you, I know there's three uh, topics that we want to cover. So tell us a little bit about what is going to happen tonight on the news. Yeah, so the first story we have uh, coming out of right at the top of the show, actually, is uh, Cardinal Zen uh, has just been arrested by the Chinese Communist Party. That's pretty big because he's kind of been the only, sort of the lone voice out in the wilderness over there in, in China, kind of really slamming the uh, Vatican deal with the Chinese Communist Party. Mm-hmm. So the fact that he's just been arrested, I think, is pretty huge. Uh, we'll wait to see what his uh, charges were. But uh, yeah, that's definitely that's definitely big that he is now going down there. Yes, big time. And I wanted just to mention that Hong Kong arrests the Roman Catholic Cardinal. This is a crackdown on some basic rights of the people. And it seems to me that uh, the communist government there, they, 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 what they're really pressuring the church to is to kind of just disappear. And Cardinal, um, he has been a thorn in their side, at least for years, from what I've... We've interviewed him many times on our, on our show, and I just have tremendous respect because most likely he's going to go down as a martyr for standing up for the Catholic yeah. faith. So I think that uh, your, your comments tonight on the news should be very informative. What else do you have going on there, my friend, James? Yeah, well, uh, over in uh, Germany, over in Europe there, uh, they are now again 
blessing uh, same-sex unions. So this is the second time they've done this, uh, totally against the uh, the Vatican, the the uh, CDF, Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith, saying we cannot bless same-sex unions. They're going completely against that and doing it anyway. And actually, this time, an auxiliary bishop of one of the dioceses in Germany showed up and offered his support for that. So. I don't know what's going on over there in Germany, but they are just completely losing it, it seems. They're just keep pounding away at this, uh, you know, com- completely going against uh, the teachings of the Catholic faith. James, is this microphone on? Are you kidding me? Germany, and this is the concern we have here at Virgin Most Powerful, is that if the Vatican doesn't condemn this, that this is the kind of stuff that's going to spread throughout the church. And And I think it's important that you're covering this uh, you've been covering it for a while, and because we yeah. here, lay people, need yeah. to be praying for our leaders to confirm us in our faith, not to undermine us in our faith. All right, James, what's next? Yeah, it's after, horrible. What's up after that? Well, uh, now we have a little bit of a happier story. Um, uh, blessed Titus Bransma. Who's he? He <laughs> is a friar. Yeah, he, so the, a lot of journalists, a lot of people are pushing for him Amen. to be canonized. Uh, so, and I... I I remember learning a little bit about him. He was a uh, sort of a, I think he was a soldier. Yep. Um, and he would do a, just crawl over broken glass for his fellow soldiers, it <laughs> seemed. I mean, he, he would go out in the field and pick up wounded guys. And uh, I believe there was a story of him. Uh, one, one of the, actually, one of the enemy soldiers was being uh, threatened. You know, he was, uh, some people had guns on him and he jumped in front of them and said, don't, don't shoot him. And he helped and ministered to his wounds. So great, great guy, obviously, and a great saint. Uh, so a lot of people are rightly so pushing for him to be canonized by the Vatican. Awesome. Boy, that is good news. We need more examples. Uh, James, uh, tell us a little bit more for those new that are new on Virgin Most Powerful about Church Militant and the sense of resources that you guys provide, not just the news. Tell us more about what you guys do. Oh, yeah, we have everything on our site. I mean, if you go... Uh, sign up for a premium membership. It's only 10 bucks a month. Uh, you can get not only the news that we put out there uh, every night at 7, uh, 7 p.m. You can also get the a lot of like, catechesis. Mm-hmm. Uh, the One True Faith is kind of our flagship show. Yeah. Um, I actually started watching that, and that's what brought me to Church Militant <laughs> was just seeing the like the you know sort of unvarnished, just the raw Catholic teaching, and that really inspired me. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, you get a, a ton of that. There's, there's the One True Faith, and there's countless other shows that you can see on that, on, on top of the news. So, uh, yeah, well, free membership, only 10 bucks a month. Amen to do that. So just check in every night, not just tonight, but every night, five days a week. Also, I want to thank Church Militant. I'm going to be interviewed later in the day. Uh, we're supporting our priests. This is so important. We're giving away Archbishop Fulton Sheen's called and chosen priest retreat to all 20,000 people at the Rosary for Priest seminar conference at a football stadium the 28th of this month in Sacramento, California. And then we're going to ask people to pass it on to their local parish priest because I believe, as you had blessed, as this one here, Bishop Sheen really is important to bring back the priesthood to what it should be because of poor formation. Fulton Sheen's Priest retreat will encourage them to make their daily holy hour, to love the Blessed Mother. And I think Bishop Sheen, as we say, full Sheen ahead here, church militants constantly <laughs> quoting Archbishop Sheen. Am I onto something there? 
We love Bishop Fulton Sheen here. Actually, our studio is named after yep, him. Was, so, yeah, we'll, we'll quote him. We'll, we'll talk about him a lot. And I went to his funeral 43 years ago, and I started wow. doing what I do here at Virgin Most Powerful through St. Joseph Communications with Bush, Bishop Sheen's Life is Worth Living. So mm-hmm. I confirm you in that. That's why we're, we're so excited to have you here every Wednesday to confirm us in our faith. The whole theme of today's show has been confirming us in our apostolic faith whether it's the Holy Father, his job is to do that, but also church militant to confirm us in our faith, virgin most powerful, confirm us in our faith. And how do you do that? By teaching people the fundamentals and the perennial teachings of the church. James Fadul, I want to thank you. This is our first time here with on Virgin Most Powerful, and I hope we can do this again with you. Absolutely, yeah, I hope to also. All right, God love you, brother. Thank that, you. That was church militant segment that we just had. Again, To summarize, for those who just tuned in at the end, we covered a lot today regarding Pope Francis and some of the things that he has has done where it's undermining the faith. And I just I want to leave one more note here that um, that we should be praying for. Uh, Churches have been desecrated over the weekend, a Mother's Day, but the worst one I think happened down in Texas, where a tabernacle was stolen from the Catholic Church. And this happened uh, out in Katy, Texas. And I just want to say that, you know, these folks who are against us for promoting life, it seems that many of them uh, do see us as uh, something that they need to stop and they're willing to paint things on our doors and and uh, steal sacred objects, the Blessed Sacrament. Um, another one came up in Seattle where... Um, the folks tried to, um, you know, go into the church and disrupt the services. We had one in Los Angeles at Our Lady of, of, um, of Our Lady of the Angels Parish in downtown L.A. So this is happening all over the country. But I want to just remind everybody, we use proportionate measures to stop evil. Yeah. So if someone comes into your house to rob you and to rape your wife or steal, kill your kids, you use your firearm to stop him. Yeah, that's what the Catechism of the Catholic Church says. You have a moral obligation to do that. Well, I'm convinced we Catholics have a moral obligation to stand up for Jesus right now, especially the unborn. And when these people come into our churches, we will hold them and get them arrested for breaking in law of interrupting a church service. It's against the law to do that. And we want to hold them accountable. And my question is, why are we not holding these people uh, causing problems out in front of the houses of the Supreme Court justices as uh, being uh, illegal to do that and what they're doing there. I just don't get it. But I will say this, folks. Here at Virgin Most Powerful, we're going to preach the gospel in season and out. And I, I want never worry about what will be, who will be offended if you speak the truth. And we do also have a men's conference coming up with Jess Romero, Ruben Nav, and myself June 18th on Saturday. It's an all-day seminar. If you haven't joined us, Mom, get your husband to, to for a Father's Day to take him to a men's conference where Jess Romero, Ruben Nava, and myself will give them the inspiration to live out a manly Catholicism. Yeah, we need more of that. We need more Catholics who will stand up for the faith and defend the faith. This is the world we're living in right now. We can't put our head in the sand. And here at Virgin Most Powerful Radio, yeah, we get in trouble for speaking the truth with clarity because people don't want to hear it. I don't care what they want to hear. 
You know what I care? What's good for the salvation of their soul? Because remember, Our Lady of Fatima said, souls are going to hell because no one is there to pray and make sacrifices. And if it's a sacrifice to stop somebody from defacing a church, do it, guys. Stop them. Hold them for the police. That's what we have to do. But if we just look the other way, no, that's not Christ-like. Jesus is going to hold us accountable for the things that we didn't do. And then one of the things we have to do is stand up for life. And I think today's show indicated that from the Pope down to the hoi polloi like me and you, lay people, we all have to make it clear that killing unborn babies is against God's law, natural law, and that people can go to hell for killing innocent life. That's a biblical worldview. It might not be what people want to hear, but I don't really care. Do you? What you want to hear? St. Paul said, don't tickle my ears. I'm not here to tickle ears. We're here to help you get to heaven. And that's why every show before we end, if Jesse was here, I'd say, Jess, what state should we be living in? And what's Jesse Romero going to say? The state of grace. Why? Because that is the state that we all need to be living in. Stay close to Jesus in the Eucharist. Get the confession. I also wanted to promote one great retreats that have blessed me so much, the Opus Angelorum. They have a retreat here on the West Coast, June 2nd to June 5th. And if you want to register, just go to Opus Angelorum, Angelorum, the website, Work of the Holy Angels. Father Wolfgang and Father Matthew will be there. I've been on retreats with them before. This is like top of the food chain when it comes to silent retreats. Check it out, June 2nd to June 5th, the Opus Angelorum website, and you should consider going. It's up in uh, Central California. I want to thank everybody who supports us here at Virgin Most Powerful Radio. This was a tough show to do. Why? Because we're calling all of us, myself included, my job, the Pope's job, the Bishop's job, to confirm us in our faith and spread that faith that one apostolic faith. Yes, the teachings of the church cannot change on morality. It's a biblical worldview that we're looking at here at Virgin Most Powerful. And we would encourage you to open your catechism each day in your Bible and read it and get yourself to be a high information Catholic. Because life is short, eternity is forever. May God richly bless you and take advantage of our free offer on our website with Bishop Sheen's Priest Retreat. God love you and your family.